with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and with me all the way from East Bridgewater is the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Ann Kerrigan. Well, good evening, everybody. How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it hanging? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Nice to so see anyway, the sun today. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, for those who weren't outside, uh, we didn't notice it. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> Sorry, I was inside all day till I got out of work, but I could see it out the window. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this we don't have a guest today. We have decided to uh, take a look at some of the stories that are in the the paranormal and, of course, make comments on them. If of we course. Can. Yes, of course. We've always so, got to put our comments in. Yeah. And you have one story that we had left over from last week? I, I do. I okay. do. Yes. Last week so, on our live show, we talked about psychomantiums and haunted mirrors. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those that missed it, if you'd like to watch it, the link is up on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. Uh, it will be going up on Facebook. I haven't got it there quite yet. On Facebook? Uh, uh, EBCAM, yes. East Bridgewater Community Access Media. We have a, uh, excuse me, YouTube. Not Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That's YouTube. Right. You know, yeah. this, is, this is getting tough. Gia doesn't say what she says anymore, and now you're starting to do it, too. Oh, I've so- always I've always done it, so I think we're – this is the uh, – yep, we're all it's, going down the tubes. What are you trying tubes. to say? It's all catching up with all of us? We're all going down the tubes. That's yes. what I think. Seriously, honestly, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, anyway. yeah, for right now <laughs> – you can catch our live studio show from last week on video on demand on the EBCAM website, which is eb-cam.org. Just go to video on demand, look for the Ghost Chronicles playlist, and voila, there we are. Voila. 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 But, yeah, we had a, we had a fun show. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, if if you want to see that show in your own town, you could go to your local access and – and request it. You absolutely uh, can. And they can get it from where in? Uh, if they're a member of, if they're in Massachusetts, member mm-hmm. of Mass Access, if they're elsewhere in the United States, uh, member of the Alliance for Community and Media, and they can get on Telview Connect, uh, your public access facility, and get you that show. Right, there so you go. You just have to ask. Yeah, so you get to see us as well as listen to us. Because who wouldn't want to see our beautiful smiling faces? Absolutely. Oh, I'm right? glad nobody's seeing me now. That's for well, sure. Ron doesn't smile much, but no. What can I say? <laughs> so 
at any rate. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yes. Before we get into that, is is uh, I posted it or Easter uh, the from the final theme from the life of Brian, and and that's that's the <laughs> right. If you're feeling dumb, feeling down, just put that on there, and it'll it'll get you up. Mm-hmm. It's it's a riot. Yes, it is. Probably sacrilegious, but it's a riot. It's very sacrilegious, yeah. <laughs> no, well, not really, because it's you know it's not it's Brian. It's not really. Uh, uh, it's true. True. Well, okay. <laughs> however you look at it, we think it's funny. If you don't think it's funny, you don't have to watch it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's like, you know, you don't want to listen to us, just turn us off. But please don't turn us off because we like you. All right. So you want me to dive into this thing? That's either you or me, one or the other. I'll start. I'll start. So. I mean, on this website, all I got is girls that are bathing suits and. Really? Dresses and. Wow. I don't see that on my website. I know. You got the wrong one. (laughs) I am on the wrong one. All right, so I being have, a host. look at me being a host. No, this woman's in a yoga pose, and I, it's, I would kill myself. Oh, oh. yes, oh, most, likely, most I, likely. I didn't think that was atomically possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd be amazed. Yeah, I was amazed at your daughter. Your daughter, for those who don't know, um, uh, Anne's daughter is a, a ballerina. Well, no, a dancer. What is dancer. it? Dancer. Not about Nina. I, I, I corrected myself. That's, that's why I said, what is it? So after I said dancer. And then I, yeah, but. she competitively danced for many, many years, but she's kind of in the real world now. So. Yeah. And she, uh, I mean, she and posted a picture of her doing this jump with a split. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, how yeah. could she do that? She's crazy leaper. She got the lovely leaper award at her competition. I don't doubt uh, it. I yeah. Well, she used to practice her leaps. We had a trampoline, one of those big trampolines in the backyard. Oh, I, I was hoping it was not in your house. It'd be holding uh, the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how she would practice her leaping, her center straddle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why she could jump so high. Okay. Pretty crazy. So I, I suppose we should go back to the show, huh? <laughs> we should. We should. I can talk about my daughter all night, but I know. I don't think people really want to listen to that. (laughs) So we have the disturbing case of the dark mirror investigating the haunted object that terrified hundreds. So uh, this is from a uh, website called theweekinweird.com. And this is by Greg Newkirk because I want to give credit, of course, where credit is due and I don't want to. Accusing us of oh, lifting my uh, stories. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll be sued, not me. So, uh, we talked about mirrors and psychomantiums last week, which also involves gazing into a mirror. It's another form of, uh, you know, communication, spirit communication. So, this guy runs the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Oh, yeah. And uh, he came across this mirror, um, and he comes across a lot of, of strange things. And you know, like John Zaffis, he he collects these strange and Ron Kolek and Ron Kolek these these haunted items. 
So he started this traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. And this museum, they, they go all over the country and they have all these items. So he, uh, back in June, this was a few years back. So he was approached by a woman about an item that had started to cause a particular strain on her family. And, uh, we'll call her Sarah. And Sarah said that, uh, after, uh, Visiting a yearly psychic expo, her mother had taken an interest in a black in black mirror scrying and purchased her own mirror at the event. Uh, so she brought it home, and Sarah said that in the weeks that followed the expo, her mother became increasingly distant mm-hmm. as she practiced her scrying with the new mirror. And when she could manage to get her mother on the phone, the conversations were vacant and full of gloom and doom. And eventually the mother said, no matter how hard she tried, her scrying was not successful. And she believed that there was something wrong with her mirror. But the the, the mother became more and more withdrawn and obsessed with perfecting her divination. And finally the daughter went to the house and said, give me this mirror. I want to see the mirror. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, had, she had it in a closet. It was draped in a black veil. And she said, Sarah said, why have you been keeping this covered and locked away? And the mother broke down in tears and said that it was evil. And she just, she couldn't, she couldn't get away from it. Really? So, the daughter kept the mirror wrapped in his cloth, stuffed it in a box, and took it home with her. And then um, she said, you know what? I'm going to chalk this up to an elderly woman, uh, you know, just taking this hobby too seriously and couldn't shake off, you know, this, you know, feeling that the, the mirror gave her. So she donated the mirror to their traveling museum of the paranormal and the occult. And he put it up on a a mantle and left the veil on it and just didn't think much about it. So not too long after they started to pack up for their next uh, museum stop, which was in uh, Perryville battlefield. And he grabbed the scrying mirror and brought it with them, and it would be the first time on public display. So within minutes of unloading their boxes, guests were already inquiring as to what was hidden under the black veil. And after recounting the history of the item, uh, he said, if you'd like to hold it, use it, experiment with it, or test it, be our guest. But you do it, you do this at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, And one woman wasted no time reaching down, grabbing the mirror, and ripping off the veil. She gazed into the glinting black glass for about 30 seconds before her expression changed from incredulity to horror. She slammed the frame face down on the table, her eyes wide with shock. So what did you just see? And she said, I saw my own decomposing corpse looking back at me. Cool. Uh, it's a dark mirror. I shouldn't have done that. I need to go say a prayer. Goodbye. Mm. So uh, 
people were talking about it the whole rest of the event. And for a lot of them, the scariest thing they saw was their own reflection. <laughs> that would be me. But for the rest, the negative reactions were coming in so often and so aggressively that he began to wonder if they needed to rework their disclaimer. So they had reports of strange visions, warping faces, general sense of dread. Um, one, one woman decided to press her palm to the surface and wound up spending the next two hours violently polishing the mirror in an attempt to get the imprint to disappear. She, too, had claimed to see her own corpse in the reflection, along with other visions she refused to repeat, and it wasn't until she threatened to smash the mirror that her palm finally faded from the glass. So they brought the collection home, and he said, the mirror wasn't quite the same when we brought it home, or maybe I wasn't. And after we had unpacked our collection and returned the items to their usual places, I began to notice myself staring off into space. And when snapped back to awareness, realized that I had been staring at the covered mirror the whole time. Uh, I started to feel a strong urge to gaze into the black glass, and maybe I was just subconsciously weirded out by the disturbing reports of those who'd gaze, but I couldn't shake the feeling that the mirror wanted me to use it. Um, so once again, the following month, the back on the road, there was the Penhurst Asylum in Pennsylvania. And the mirror again became the centerpiece for weirdness. Uh, and people were just, you know, all over it. So one woman who was running the event, uh, it was almost, the event was almost over. She said she would give it a whirl. And moments later, she was telling us she'd watched her mouth whisper to her, even though we could all vouch that her mouth had never moved. The reports were twice as creepy as before and uh, just were crazy. So let me skip ahead here. Uh, some complained of headaches after staring into it. Um, and one woman vividly described the feeling and taste of her mouth filling with blood. Bleh. Yeah. So they they brought the mirror back home again. They were exhausted, went to bed. I'm exhausted with this up, story. Up on its shelf. It's a long story. I'm sorry. This is why it never made it in last week. Thank God. Hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. We've got to fill up some time here. So you want to hear the whole thing? I guess. Uh, so. They put the mirror up on a shelf. When they woke up, he noticed that both of their cats were sitting in the chair at the far end of the living room uh, and staring at the mirror. And it was uncovered, and its veil was laying on the floor. And that was not the way they left it when they went to bed. Mm -hmm. So the cats wouldn't go near the mirror. They uh, So... The next several days, this process continued. They'd walk in the living room. The unveiled mirror would be glinting in the sunlight, even though it was uncovered the night before. So this just went on for days. Um, he put a camera up and started recording what was going on at night. Uh, and not only did he find that the mirror was uncovered three out of seven nights, but the camera memory card was empty each time. No cats, no wind, nothing. 
And on day seven, he went to check the SD card only to find it had been corrupted uh, and he could not open it. So we should probably, let me see if I can skip to the end of this. Uh, there is an end? There is an end. Oh, okay. A few pages later. Um, so they still, they brought it to another show. Same thing happened. Um, and they finally decided that they've had enough of this mirror. <laughs> uh, they don't keep the mirror on display anymore. They've wrapped it in a sheet, draped a rosary over it, and locked it in a chest. So that is where the mirror is. Um, and they really don't know the story behind it, why it has done this, um, and it's locked in a chest. So <laughs> Put it on uh, eBay. Get rid of it. I know, right? Sure. Uh, Some sucker will buy it. Let's see. Uh, There's more? Just, just to end it, it said, uh, uh, continued observation of the dark mirror, considering what we've seen from the dark mirror in just the last three months. The question now is, should we continue to bring such an object to events? So, what do you guys think? I mean, if you have to lock something away and you've had this experience in your own home, would you continue to bring it out and terrify people? I mean, I don't know. Isn't that kind of the part? Isn't that what he's doing? That a people that the are whole purpose of it? <laughs> sure. I know, right? Bring the I mirror. Mean, you make some money on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you want people... I, I think that some people go... They go with the expectation, you know, they want that thrill. Oh, we're going to go, yeah. we're going to go to this traveling occult museum. Blah, 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 blah. Not only that, if you, uh, but I don't can't... think they really you... want to be terrified. You know what I mean? They want to be. Yeah. But you know what? If he collects haunted objects, you know, if you can't stand the kitchen, get out of the heat. Something or whatever. Like Other way, reverse, upside down. Yeah, whatever. But Exactly. I know. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. But now it's locked in a chest. There you go. <laughs> um, it's a perfectly good pair of rosy beads. <laughs> that's right. Right? Now, didn't Mira, didn't um, Leslie a few years ago do the mirror scrying? That's very Yeah, Quest. we've all done did, right? mirror scrying for years. Yeah. yeah. We did workshops on it. We did it one of the spirit quests. I never did that. Uh, I don't know what I was doing that I didn't. We made our up. own scrying mirrors and yeah. we. Yeah. So what is the whole, the whole point of uh, painting the mirror black? I missed that part. And so you don't have a true reflection in it. So it's distorted or? No, so it's just black. It's so just it's, black. Not a, it's not really a mirror. It's, it's so black. You, you can kind of sort of see a reflection. It would be looking at a pot. Okay. Or something. But... All right. Looking at something black, that's all. So you're not looking at a true mirror where you have a reflection, whatever you see in the mirror coming back at you. It would be black. Just black. <laughs> okay. Shiny blackness. Shiny blackness. <laughs> well, it's not even that shiny. Because yeah. Depending well, on not really. Paints, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Not, yeah, it's well, not like a shiny new car, you know. Food, food for thought. Food for thought. Right. You know, would you want to continue to bring it with you or would you lock it up? 
I don't know. I, I, whatever. All right. I, I would keep it, but that's mm-hmm. me. Would you display it in your house still, even if it kept doing those things? No, I don't display that stuff in my house, but I would display it wherever I display my stuff mm-hmm. or keep my stuff. Yeah, I would never keep that stuff in my own house. That's crazy. That doesn't. That really wouldn't bother me. It's just. Uh, find another place to put it, I think. Yeah. Personally, it's my okay. personal opinion. <laughs> so what have, what have you got? You, you know, I, I actually, before I get into some news, I uh, actually came across something interesting today that during uh, World War II, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, a great many of our loved ones went over to fight in the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, the mail, you know, they, they didn't get much mail coming from Europe and everything. So what they did is they would go to psychics, and there was a oh. a run on psychics, a huge run on psychics, mm-hmm. and uh, you know people would go to psychics and see you know what's what's happened to my son or my whatever my daughter or whatever my my husband or whatever, right. and the psychics would tell them. But uh, some people they didn't want to go to psychics, and they you know it was it, they cost money of course so. Of course. This this guy came up with this brilliant idea. He took a uh, tube and he filled it with uh, molasses and mm-hmm. he put a little white dice in it and it basically had two things in it. It said yes or no. And he put it in there and then put a clear thing on the bottom. And then he packaged it and it was called the Psycho Slate. And uh-huh. you could go and, and uh, you could, uh, you know, if you had a question, you could, uh, you know, is my son all right? You could look and, and look into the window and then the, the dice would roll down into a yes or a no. So you would get your, your answer on that. But it never took off anyways. So <laughs> Sounds kind of strange. What's that? It sounds kind of strange. A tube with molasses? Yeah, yeah, because molasses was thick and black. Right. And the, dice was white so you could read it that way mm-hmm. it would come out of the darkness and, and give you the answer mm-hmm. so anyways uh, nothing ever happened over it the walk got over and it just kind of sat there and he had a partner and he, the guy eventually died mm-hmm. and then his partner uh, was uh, make, he used to sell like pool tables and stuff like that and then he got this idea one day he was sitting there and he took an eight ball and he put the uh, dice in there and added more things than just yes and no and and put it in uh you know a liquid and then he basically he gave it away for us as a prize on the on the on the first contest that they ran and mm-hmm. it was so popular that he realized he had something so he ended up putting it in all the toy stores as a magic eight ball uh-huh. so, so, so the magic eight ball got its origin from the psychic slate a cycle oh. flight. I have a magic eight ball in my hand right now. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Russ has one too on his desk. Yes. Freaks the kids out. I make all my decisions that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cool story because I never knew yeah. how that came about. We learn something every day. Ah. I, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. If you go on the internet and look up Psycho Slate, you can see Psycho some of it. Psycho Slate. Yeah. 
Why would they call it a slate, though? It didn't have... Slate for writing, so you would get writings. I know what a slate slate is. Well, why did you ask me? I was just telling you. But a tube with molasses in it isn't a slate. What are you talking about? A tube. No, but you would would get a message by writing it on a slate. And so that's what this thing was. Oh, I see. Psychotic, it would be a slate for the psycho, the test, yeah, psychic to come through on. Well, yes, I know I'm a little psycho, but uh, yeah, I missed, okay, I missed the part about ask, writing the question on a slate. I was focused on the molasses. <laughs> that was just a liquid. It was a thick, dense liquid. Right. That's what he used. Right, right, right. There's What's still some inside? of these kicking around somewhere. Oh, can you imagine? The, no. Yeah, it's kind of Molasses cool. dry up after a while. No, it's enclosed in the thingy. I don't know. Uh, then it rot. Seal good enough, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, what was in that that magic eight ball? It was nineteen forties or whatever. Today's magic eight ball. What's in there? I don't know. You want me to Slime. open it? Taste it. Yeah, get a hammer, smash it open. I want to know what's in there. <laughs> I bought uh, Steve one. They have an orb one. Oh God. Magic yeah. orb. Magic and, uh, orb. Yeah, oh, I, no. I bought it for him to uh, take t- for him for when he, his mm-hmm. visit when he came over here, but uh, he oh, couldn't oh. take it because uh, they're not really happy about bringing liquids on planes. Oh, that's it, true. So I ended up with it, which is good because I was going to get one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All you right, have to mail me... it to him. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, as you know, this week, Lorraine Warren died. I know. God bless her. Yeah, God bless her. Or something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, fam- we're renowned paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren, who passed away on April 18, 2019, will be buried in a haunted cemetery. She Ooh. will be laid to rest on April 24th at Spenny Village Cemetery in Monroe, Connecticut. That's Besides- today. Yes. That's why I thought I'd bring this up. All right. Mm. See how see how right on touch I am. You're right with it, Ron. On? Yeah, I know it. And uh, Monroe, Connecticut, besides her late husband Ed Warren, who passed away in 2006, the cemetery, which dates back to the 1700s, we should do a road trip down there. By the way. Yeah. What What's the name of the cemetery? Spinny. Uh, spinny. 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 Uh, step. No. Stepney. Step book or something else you want people to know I didn't about? see that at all. What the hell happened? It on Ghost Chronicles Radio. With over 150,000 downloads a month, get Anne, your message out to an audience nope. that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. with Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I know, right? Unless they're going to play the music again. Sorry about that, folks. Oh, well. Yeah, I blame it on the haunted picture that I have. The cursed picture. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're having a real problem with that. Mm, All kinds of strange coincidences have been happening. Apparently, you've uh, settled it down with a magical... No, I haven't settled it down. I, I have have come up with a plan how to plan. solve the riddle of the cursed picture. Ah. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. So, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, uh, anyway, she was buried today on Stephanie, S-T-E-P-N-E-Y, Stephanie Village Cemetery, Monroe, Connecticut. I wonder if it's besides that, that paracom I'm going to. Maybe we could hit it then. Yeah, that would be anyway. awesome. I just wrote that down because, damn it. I have to go see what Ed and Lorraine Warren are buried. Oh, How can I pass that up? The cemetery dates back to the 1700s and has a right. reputation for being haunted. That's Numerous cool. go- ghosts in ectoplasmic blobs. Ooh. Interesting. Like Ghostbusters? Could be an orb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many people who have visited the cemetery have claimed to see the lady in white. A white lady wandering the grounds. In fact, some believe it is the second home of the White Lady of Union Cemetery, which is uh-huh. located not too far away. Oh, even better. Oh, there have been hundreds of reported sightings of the Lady in White along Route 59 at night. Okay, we'll have to go at night. Uh, one of these stories uh, happened in 1993 when an off-duty firefighter was driving home and he hit a woman with his car. Uh, which left a huge dent in the front of his vehicle. When he got out to check on the woman, she was nowhere to be found. The lady would like to believe to be a young woman in her 20s who passed away during childbirth. Those who have seen her say she is wearing a white nightgown, a bonnet, and a long, dark, and has long, dark hair. Since the 1700s, more than 1,400 people, many of them early settlers, have been buried at the cemetery, and several of them have believed to have risen from their graves and are now haunting the location. Woo, this is going to be funny, eh? Wow. Nathaniel Knapp, who was an American uh, revolutionary private and the first person buried at the cemetery, is another spirit is said to haunt the grounds. He will allegedly pull out – oh, pull on your hair – I don't need anybody to pull out any hair. I ain't got any left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touch you on the shoulder, and if you call out to him and say, Nathan, Nathan, come, Nathan. Play. come play. Isn't that like uh, Bloody Murray? Kind of. Well, you don't invite Bloody Mary to go play, but yeah. Nathan, Nathan, we killed your baby. Oh. Uh... That was the cemetery. That was the Bloody Mary one. Yeah. Uh, even Ed Warren 
uh, has been said to make his presence known. If you sit by his grave and oh, pray sweet. to wait a minute, pray to him. Okay. No, I'm not going to pray to Ed Warren. Come yeah, on. Then touch the cross on his grave with your right hand. You will get a warm feeling. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I think I just wet my pants. I could pray. <laughs> I could pray for Ed Warren. I know it. Yeah, pray to him. Yeah. No, I'm not going to pray to. Who wrote him, this Ed? thing? I don't know. <laughs> wow. We can bring little. Uh, Some, uh, evidently, it was smitten. Oh, it was written by Jocelyn LeBlanc. Ah. Uh, okay. LeBlanc. Oh, LeBlanc. Well, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We could have with that one, huh? Little, little uh, ghosts and put them on their graves or something. Or yeah, yeah. Little yeah. witches. Yeah. Little witches for the conjuring, right? Yeah, a little magic card. Yeah. Oh, that would be so awesome if I could do those two cemeteries in we one, at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good oh, planet. Absolutely. I need a whole day, though. Oh, fourteen hundred people buried in that cemetery. I'm going to need a. Oh, I'm going to need a day. Well, the conference is one day. We well, we shouldn't talk about this on the air. We should. Uh, That's go right. Back to what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. So speaking of Lorraine Warren. Yes. Amazingly enough, I have a little story. It's not nearly as long as the last one. Don't worry. Oh, thank God. Okay, and this is this is a story about the time Lorraine Warren met Sasquatch. I'm sure. Yeah. In Tennessee. In Tennessee. Okay. Sure. So, all right, here we go. Yep. All right. So this, this is an old, this is an old story and it was, uh, in their book. Again, this is from weekendweird.com by Greg Newkirk Mm -hmm. and their book ghost hunters was published in 1989. And uh, apparently it's a very interesting book. This uh, Greg describes it as one of the weirdest, craziest books you'll ever read uh, and has investigations which include elements like disappearing Nigerian priests, judo chop, martial arts murders, porno theater demons, and possessed biker gangs. <laughs> Woo! I got to pick this book up. Here you go. It, was, it was the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, anyways, tucked in in between all these crazy tales of demonic terror is a very interesting case file, unlike any other in the Warrens catalog. Uh, And he says it's not scary at all. It's actually kind of sad. Titled simply Bigfoot and covered in a scant eight pages, this Ed and Lorraine Warren story is largely forgotten. Uh, even though it's both wildly entertaining and presents some pretty groundbreaking ideas for paranormal research in the 1980s. The file begins with a quote from Lorraine. We had never paid much attention to the stories about Bigfoot. Yeah, neither do I. I wouldn't say that we dismissed them as fictitious. But Bigfoot didn't hold much interest for psychic investigators. That changed one spring when we were lecturing in Tennessee and a reporter from the Elk Valley Times contacted us and told us about some hill people who kept insisting that something was threatening their children. So, one foggy morning, just before embarking on a four-day lecture tour, Ed and Lorraine headed to rural Tennessee in order to meet with a group of frightened hill people. Does that mean hillbillies? I, uh, I guess. 
I guess. Uh, seeking their help with a very strange problem. <laughs> Something dwelling in the local forest was after their children. And just the day before they'd arrived, one woman claimed that a massive ape man had crept up to her two-year-old child and attempted to snatch him by the arm. Aww. Uh So... Is he at the Mall of America? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, Lorraine didn't exactly believe the stories, but having never seen poverty this raw, her sense of guilt pushed her to entertain the witnesses' claims and help ease their fears. So a uh, uh, short time later, she went into the woods and was climbing up and down hills and gorges and looking for Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't exactly the kind of investigation she was used to. Uh, hours later... Exhausted from hours of hiking and frustrated with what felt like a waste of time before a busy lecture tour, Lorraine took a break near a tree. Suddenly, her mind flashed with a mental image of a large creature, a fusion of man and ape, with long arms and shaggy hair. Its face was like that of a caveman, but its eyes were kind and shone with intelligence, and Lorraine knew it was Bigfoot. Uh, as she focused in on the being, she realized the creature was just 40 feet from her hiding in the brush and he was in pain. And, uh, she knew this because Bigfoot was telepathically speaking to her with his mind. Uh, he was hurt and, uh, the creature now projected great fear. Uh, he wanted to get back to his family and was afraid the humans would catch him or he would die, and he was scared for his life. So she began to send Sasquatch telepathic messages, explaining he had terrified the settlement by attempting to kidnap one of her children, of their children. But Bigfoot said no, he'd only meant to make friends with the child. Uh, so uh, as they were, they were going back and forth telepathically, uh, she crept, cro- crept closer, closer to the brush, projecting images of her bandaging Sasquatch's hurt foot. And she spoke softly to the beast, hoping, hoping to calm him enough to approach him. Uh, suddenly, one of her hiking group had honked a bullhorn, and it startled Lorraine and frightened the Sasquatch, and he... Her mental images became frantic, and he ran off, and he was gone. So they spent the next 20 minutes following a trail of blood, and they couldn't find the creature. And they got to the edge of a cliff, and that's where the trail of blood ended. So apparently, the case ends with an apparent Sasquatch suicide. Well, you know, it happens. Oh, my God. So... Uh, that was the end of that story with okay. uh, in the book. Oh, shut up! God, you want me to do a story or not? No, right. no. I just thought that was so sad. sad. I mean, it is sad. Poor. Okay. In an intriguing Sasquatch commits suicide. Yeah. To the tale, demonologist Ed Warren chimes in to offer his own thoughts on Bigfoot, mm. which were mighty interesting for a ghost hunter of the time period. Ed said, "It is my belief that Bigfoot is a tulpa." a mind projection 
So is the Loch Ness Monster and, and many other now-you-see-it-now-you-don't creatures that oh. get reported to the press. But ghosts are real. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he, he said in the most simplistic terms, Bigfoot is a ghost. And uh, he goes on to state that he believes the same would be said of UFOs and blames it all on black magic. Uh, so pretty forward-thinking stuff from the ghost hunting community of the time period, even if you had to peel the Catholicism away to see it. So that that was uh, that was the that was the story in that book. And he he did say Lorraine was an icon, not just because of her uncanny ability to find herself at the center of some of the world's most mysterious hauntings, but because she was a confident female voice in a field largely dominated by men. Hello! Yeah. Here, here, Lorraine. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the good old boys club, but let's uh, not go... Are you kidding me? There's, there's so many... There's a lot more women investigators than there are men investigators, I hate to I tell you. I don't think so. And oh, I, don't I, think I know so. Seriously. Just, most of our fans are women. Well, I would agree, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But... I think if you are a paranormal investigator um, and you're a woman, the cards are stacked against you. What cards? You're not, you're not believed as what readily cards? as a man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that because really, I def, that's Michelle the Michelle Belanger, Rosemary Guiley. I'm not arguing Jane with you. Doherty. I mean, um, you can, there's a whole pile of women paranormal investigators. I just feel that men are taken more seriously. That's all. That's Whatever. my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. Fine. Yeah. Poor man. Oh. I'm a woman. I'm downtrodden. Oh, be quiet or I'm going to beat you up. How about that? Yeah. So, like, that hasn't been done before. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you off your high horse now? Yeah, I'm, I'm climbing down off my soapbox. Mm, you go, girl. All right. All right, yeah. girlfriends. Chime in on this if you agree with me. That's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah me too. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know who uh, Simon uh, Cowell is? Uh, yes, I do. You American do. Idol. Yeah. Yeah. America's, he's on America's Got Talent. X now, Factor. I think. Oh, X Factor. Yeah. Okay. One of them. So anyways, uh, Mr. Uh, Simon bought a uh, new house in London, England for a mere 15 million pounds. Oh. Only, only 19.5 U.S. dollars. Oh. Last October. Right. Uh, Christian Levitt. Poverty level, eh? Yeah. Christian Levitt, who previously owned a home, claimed that the location was haunted. Ooh. And he knows by who. According to Levitt, he was the one who brought the ghost into the home in 2014 when he <laughs> bought the statue of Antonius. Oh, who's Antonius? I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. As it turns out, Antonius was the gay lover of uh, a Roman empire, a Roman emperor. Okay. So here it is. Here's the story on it. So he brought it in, and when uh, he explained that uh, when the crate was delivered and, and uh, he was locked it all up and he went to bed and started hearing all these objects being knocked around in the drawing room, and he, and, uh, he went in and 
nothing was there. And that happened two nights in a row. But all the times, there was nobody there. So uh, even the uh, neighbor uh, weighed in that he he knows of the stories and had heard the noises in some cell. And uh, so anyways, uh, as the story goes, Antonius was considered a very beautiful and uh, one of Hadrian's, of Adrian's wall fame, favorites. You know, he was a Roman emperor. And it's believed that the two were involved in a relationship, and that made many people jealous. Oh. During a voyage on the Nile in October of 130. (laughs) (laughs) 130. Wow. Antonius died under... Mysterious mention that. What, what, what's the today's date? Oh, 130. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty old. It's even yeah, older than old. you. Yeah, wow. almost. almost. Uh, anyways, he died mysteriously on the voyage at, on the Nile, and there have been many theories as to what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Many of these ideas include that he was murdered by members of the empire who were jealous of his relationship with Hadrian. Oh. Others think he fell into the Nile and was drowned, to some spe- speculating that he may have been committed suicide. Anyways, uh, after uh, he passed away, Adrian created a cult that was devoted to his deceased lover. A cult? Okay. Yeah, a cult. Wow, a whole cult. Many people considered him as a hero, as a gay god. While several attempts were made to break the cult, it managed to survive. As for Simon, uh, this is his first experience with the paranormal. Uh, three years ago, it was reported, uh, well, whatever, we don't really care about his what he asked about before. But anyways, so that's what it is. And he's found out he has this now gay lover of Adrian, the emperor Adrian, in his house. So it's a gay Greek god ghost. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I suppose if you're going to have one, you might as well have a good one. Well, yeah. You might as well have a little flamboyant ghost running around your house. Um, but unfortunately, you know, he, he, he poor cow, uh, Simon, got, got fed up with it. And he called for an exorcism. And once it was performed, uh, he had no more problems with really? uh, poor old internet. Ah, I was going to say, are there any comments on there from Simon Cowell? Because I, I would find that hard to believe. He seems like so, you know, mm-hmm. black and white kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's why well, he has the, to clear it that's out. That's the image he projects, mm-hmm. you know. Anyways, this is another story by my favorite uh, author here, Jocelyn LeBlanc. Oh, my goodness. She's well, a prolific writer, isn't she? Apparently she is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's her website, right? No. No, she no? just contributes to she it. She just no. contributes? Oh. Yep. Well, my goodness. That is interesting. Yes. Hi. I have... It's kind of so... cool to be haunted by the lover of a... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty... 130. It's, yeah, that's, that's pretty... pretty old ghost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That is an ancient ghost, my God. I wonder if it goes around the house with a walker. <laughs> no, he was young when he died. Oh, he's, oh, he's right. That's forever, right. right? Would, I guess so, if you Not say like so. A, a young, good-looking ghost, right? If he was beautiful. He had a cult. And a cult, and a cult. 
the cult of personality. Okay. So I have one and it's probably too long. So try and summarize it. So this is from January, 2019. So it's, it's really pretty recent. Have you heard of the Estes method? Groundbreaking SB7 spirit box experiment. Is oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Investigation. So this yeah, is, yeah. I thought this was really interesting, and I had not heard of this at all. Um, so you know how you use the spirit box mm-hmm. and you get, like, these bursts? I hate, I hate the spirit box. It makes me mental. <laughs> Just, oh, oh, I can't. Yeah. If I got rid of that, you can get the digital one now. It just makes whining noises. Oh, God. Maybe I would like that better. I can't – I don't know what it does. It kicks – just kicks me into this anxious state that I just cannot – I can't do it. Really? Uh, so uh, apparently this is groundbreaking new form of extrasensory communication. And what they do is – so they isolate the noise – from an SB7 spirit box. Uh-huh. And they feed it into a person, you know, with headphones. Oh, and make that's them incredible. The receiver, which is an interesting uh, approach. So what is happening is they, they put people in um, noise-canceling headphones, and they suggest using... Where are they? Uh, Vic Firth, S1H1 or S1H2 stereo isolation headphones. And I kind of wonder if this is sponsored by Vic Firth, but whatever. Um, So (laughs) they put them in these noise-canceling headphones, and they blindfold them. Mm -hmm. And they feed in the the output from the the spirit box. Uh And what happens is... Um, they're asking questions that these people can't hear because they're in these, these headphones, so they can't uh-huh. hear anything. Um, so the people are posing questions just like you would to the spirit box itself. But the, the person who is in the blindfold in the headphones is spitting out answers. Um, and I guess it's been fairly amazing Um it says, uh, results are nothing short of stunning. Um, and the brilliant part about the Estes method, and they, they named it that because they're out in Estes Park, uh, which is where they're at, the, the Shanley? The Stanley. Shanley. Shanley, Stanley, Shanley. There's Shanley and the Stanley. There's oh, two it, different ones, but it, they're it, both places. Right. Um so this is, yeah, Stanley. This is at the Stanley Hotel. Okay. So get, get this, right? So these ghost hunters are resident investigators of the, of the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. How do I get that gig? How do I get that gig? You can't. You're a woman, remember? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, damn it, they don't let me in. I was just telling like, you that, you know. Just that is the coolest thing ever. Okay, you live didn't there. Didn't tell you how much it gets paid, kid. Yeah, I know. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> they, give, they give them room and board, right? Hey, why not? If so, you... anyways, so 
the whole the whole idea is that um, doing the same thing night after night after night. Yeah. Same yeah, place. I'd do it for a while. Mm. And then I'd leave. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which is uh, why there are no women uh, in the parent. Oh shush! Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. You brought it up. Next time I see you, I'm gonna smack you. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, uh, Amy Brunei and Adam Barry have performed the Estes Method on Kindred Spirits on the Travel Channel. Um, and uh, da, 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 uh, they've used, put it to use nearly half a dozen times over three seasons of their hit series. And they refer to it as the Spirit Box Experiment. Uh, so it sounds pretty pretty amazing. We, I think we should experiment with this. I think we should do that. Yeah. Hello? Really? Hello? I'm yeah, here. really. I hear you, but you're not too excited. No. Why not? About what? For trying to uh, perform this experiment. Okay. We can do it. <laughs> Listen to the enthusiasm in his voice, folks. I don't know. I just think it's something different. That's all. Okay. And and you know what? My niece uh, works for Zildjian, and she's in charge of the thing. Pizza from the Dead's here. In charge of the bell? She's in charge of uh, the Vic Firth division. Which is? She's a big mucky muck. Which is? What? Vic Firth. Vic yeah. Firth is an offshoot. It's a, it's one of their Zildjian projects. Oh, okay. It's an it's an art. Vic Firth is an artist, but a drop. Unfortunately, we run out of time. Yes, we have. And you will never know about the story of Bill Lee, who is a cast member of Band the Pump Rules, having sex with a ghost. Ew! I don't yeah. want to know about that. Well, especially because she's a transgender, and don't you want to find out what gender the ghost was? No. Okay. Not at all. Well, we're not going to because we've run out of time. Oh, sorry. That's because you talk too long. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. <laughs> ah, we've run out of time. So, anyways, uh, you know, thank you for joining us tonight and uh, sharing us with these amazing stories that we brought to you that I'm sure you'll be talking with all your friends about. God, I hope so. Yep. Yeah, and go out there and hire more women uh, ghost hunters, please. All right. Have to listen to Ann. That's right. Yeah, and don't forget Spirit Quest. Uh, Spirit Quest, which is September 27th, 28th, and 29th. Spirit Quest X-Files. Go to my website. Check it out. Tickets are on sale. We have a special uh, early bird special on tickets. You can come for the day, come for the night, come for the whole freaking weekend. Anyways. Please. In eghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Check it out. So, right. we've got to go. Sounds awesome. Well, thanks for tuning well, in, everybody. Yeah, thank you, Ann. That was, uh, yeah. That's a... Interesting. <laughs> As always. As always. Always. All right, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you again next week. Good night. God bless. Good night.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.